Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast In Trust on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, April 29th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Apple has a record quarter, but the forecast sends the stock lower. Amazon shares slide as the company posts a loss on higher costs. Elon Musk unloads Tesla shares to help pay for his takeover of Twitter. And Russian missiles strike Ukraine's capital, Kiev. New York City delays pay rules that are meant to close the gender gap. Plus, the days of flavored cigarettes and cigars may be numbered. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Jets and Giants with two top ten draft picks. Both went defense, then offense. The Yankees won their sixth in a row. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. We are coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures down about 29 points. Dow futures down 113. And NASDAQ futures down 130. The DAX in Germany is up 1%. The 10-year Treasury down 12.30 seconds, yield 2.87%. And the yield on the two-year, 2.68%. Nathan. Karen, we begin this morning with market reaction to the latest slew of earnings. Apple shares are down 2.5% in early trading. It had record-setting earnings, but those are being overshadowed by the iPhone maker's forecast. Apple predicts supply constraints will cost 4 to $8 billion in revenue during the current quarter. CEO Tim Cook addressed the issue on the company's conference call. I want to acknowledge the challenges we are seeing from supply chain disruptions driven by both COVID and silicon shortages to the devastation from the war in Ukraine. We are not immune to these challenges. Apple CEO Tim Cook also announced $90 billion in new stock buybacks. Well, Nathan, shares of Amazon are down almost 9% this morning. The e-commerce giant said it lost money during the first quarter and may see another loss in the current period. Amazon's cloud services division, AWS, continued to impress, but a hiring and warehouse building binge during the pandemic weighed on the bottom line. Poonam Goyal covers Amazon for Bloomberg Intelligence. For a long time, AWS has been able to offset the weaker retail business. But it's not enough. Uh, with growth slowing on the top line across um, the online business, the costs are rising just too fast for them to curb those higher costs. 
Bloomberg Intelligence analyst Poonam Goyal says for the first time ever, Amazon recorded back-to-back quarters of less than 10% revenue growth. All right, let's check out some other stocks on the move this morning, Karen. Shares of Intel are down 3.5%. The chipmaker gave disappointing sales and profit forecasts indicating weaker demand. Robinhood shares are down 11%. The financial upstart says first quarter revenue tumbled 43%. Well, Nathan, we wrap up a busy week for earnings with Big Oil in Focus. And ExxonMobil reports this morning we get a preview from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. After Russia's invasion of Ukraine sent crude prices surging over the past two months, along with global demand, it's boom times right now for the nation's biggest oil producers. And because of that, ExxonMobil is expected to post its biggest quarterly profit in more than a decade. Investors will be looking for guidance on increased crude production and possibly more share buybacks and higher dividends. I'm Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Tom. Earnings so far have not turned around market sentiment. In fact, the S&P 500 enters this final trading day of April on track for the worst month since the pandemic bear market. More from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The S&P is showing a month-to-date loss of 5.4%. By comparison, this month, NASDAQ is down 9.5%, while the Dow is down 2.2%. Volatility has been a persistent feature in markets all year, with investors on edge over China's struggle to suppress COVID, Russia's war in Ukraine, and worries that central bank tightening may tip the U.S. economy into a recession. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. Well, in Asia, it's a different story for stocks today. Chinese technology shares jumped after new policy promises from the country's top leaders to bolster the economy and markets. Let's get the recap from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Karen. The MSCI Asia-Pacific Index rose for a third time this week with Tencent and Alibaba among the biggest gainers. The Hang Seng Tech Index soared more than 10%, rebounding from earlier losses as the country vowed to support healthy growth of platform companies. Shortly before the measures were unveiled, Chinese tech stocks reversed earlier losses as traders speculated about a possible relaxation of the year-long regulatory clampdown. And China's yuan strengthened a little during the day's trade but is poised for a record monthly drop as the economy suffers from lockdowns resulting from the nation's COVID-0 policy. In Sydney, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, uh, Juliet, thank you. The uh, We're getting more details this morning on how Elon Musk is financing his Twitter takeover. Let's get the latest live on that from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Wall Street suspected Elon Musk would have to sell some stock to cover the $21 billion equity portion of his Twitter deal. Now a filing shows Musk offloaded about $4 billion worth of Tesla stock. And shortly after those filings were made public, Musk tweeted no further Tesla shale sales were planned. Meantime, Bloomberg sources say before the deal was was announced, Musk floated the idea of cutting both jobs and costs at Twitter. And on calls with bankers, Musk also discussed ideas to monetize the platform to boost cash flow, including a potential subscription service to drive recurring revenue. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Let's shift gears now and get to the latest on Ukraine. Russian missiles struck Kiev overnight, but the battle for Donbass is still Russia's strategic focus. Meantime, here in the U.S., President Biden is asking Congress for $33 billion in aid to Ukraine, but the road to approval won't be easy, and Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. The Ukraine part has broad support across Congress, but it risks getting snarled in his ask for COVID funding and immigration. 
The Senate could vote on the emergency spending next week, but the House will be on recess. So Congress could finish by the week of May 9 and send it to the president. But if Democrats insist on attaching long-stalled funding for vaccinations and immigration costs, it could be delayed indefinitely. Biden did urge Democrats to pass them together. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Futures are moving lower this morning. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 6.07 on Wall Street, 42 degrees in Central Park. We've got an accident on the westbound LIE at the Seaford Oyster Bay Expressway. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Nathan, thank you kindly. New York City has postponed one of the nation's most far-reaching requirements for employers to tell job seekers what they can make. Such pay transparency laws are championed as giving applicants, particularly women and people of color, a better shot at fair pay. The law was supposed to take effect in May, but the city council voted yesterday to delay it for five months after employers waved red flags. The law says employers with four or more workers must include a minimum and maximum salary in any job ad. New York State is setting aside more than $31 billion in this year's budget for schools. Governor Kathy Ockel says more than $360 million in this fiscal year will help students and teachers in Yonkers bounce back from the pandemic. I'm so proud to have just signed a budget, supported a budget that had the highest investment in education in our state's history. Governor Ockel says every penny is worth it. Funeral services are set for today for fallen FDNY firefighter Timothy Klein. Klein died Sunday while fighting a blaze in Brooklyn. Services will take place for the 31-year-old in Bell Harbor. A 21-year-old man who had autism also died in that blaze. In the southwest, thousands of firefighters have continued to slow the advance of destructive wildfires, but high winds return today. That sparked the spread of the blazes a week ago. More than 160 homes have been destroyed in one rural county in northeast New Mexico. The FDA wants to ban menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars. FDA Commissioner Robert Califf says studies that show the minty taste and cooling effects of menthol and cigar flavors like strawberry and grape increase the appeal for adults and young smokers alike. We really want to emphasize this is not just um, we want to take away menthol in cigarettes. It's we want to help people um, stop this uh, um smoking, which is causing so much death and disability. FDA Commissioner Califf says menthol cigarettes account for more than a third of all cigarette sales in the U.S. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Almost 6.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashow. All right, Nathan, second in a row. The NFL draft began with Jacksonville. The Jags took Georgia pass rusher Trayvon Walker. That allowed Michigan's defensive end Aiden Hutchinson to stay home with Detroit. Houston took LSU cornerback Derek Stingley. And the Jets, picking fourth overall, took another cornerback. Cincinnati's Ahmad Sauce Gardner, not once in college, did Gardner allow the receiver he was defending to score a touchdown. Giants were next. Their pick announced not by Commissioner Roger Goodell, but by 19-year-old New Jersey resident Sam Prince, who showed great exuberance. He has a heart and lung condition as part of the Make-A-Wish program. With the fifth pick 
in the 2022 NFL Draft. The New York football giant select, Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, Oregon. Thibodeau once projected to be the first pick of the draft. Should help a Giants pass rush that was virtually non-existent last season there. Offensive line also struggled, so two picks later, the Giants took Alabama tackle Evan Neal. The top ten ended with another Jets pick, Ohio State wideout Garrett Wilson. So Zach Wilson will throw passes to Garrett Wilson rounds two and three of the draft tonight in Las Vegas. Quite a homestand for the Yankees. Six games, six wins, 10-5 over Baltimore. Three-run homer for Aaron Judge. Five Baltimore errors. That's one more than the Yanks have had all season. NBA playoffs, three game sixes. All were series-clinching wins on the road. Philadelphia up just one at halftime. Sixers won by 35 in Toronto. Dallas won by two in Utah. And Phoenix won in New Orleans. The Suns' Chris Paul took 14 shots. He made all 14. John Stashel of Bloomberg Sports. John, thank you. S&P futures down 29 points. Dow futures down 113. NASDAQ futures leading the declines down 129 points or almost 1%. The 10-year treasury is down 13.30 seconds. The yield 2.87%. Apple and Amazon shares continue their slide after earnings. We'll get analysis next with Alex Webb of Bloomberg Quick Take and Bloomberg Opinion. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mostly sunny, breezy, low 60s to wrap up the week. Mainly sunny tomorrow, low 60s. Clouds will increase Sunday. We'll get up to near 70. Right now, 42 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. Well, stocks in Europe are rising as China's pledge to ramp up stimulus lifts optimism and strong earnings continue to roll in, while U.S. stock index futures are lower following earnings from Amazon.com and Apple, with technology shares really leading the way this morning. Amazon shares are are down 8.5% this morning. Apple is down 2.5% in the pre-market. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. So again, NASDAQ futures leading things lower, down 123 points, or about 9 tenths of a percent. S&P futures are down 28, and Dow futures down 116. DAX in Germany up 1%. The 10-year Treasury down 1430 seconds, yield 2.87%. Yield on the two-year, 2.68%. NYMEX crude oil is up 1.1%, up $1.9 up a dollar nine at a hundred six dollars forty five cents a barrel. Comex Gold is up one at a third percent or twenty five dollars eighty cents at nineteen seventeen an ounce. The euro one point oh five six two against the dollar. British pound one point two five five seven and the yen at one thirty point four two. And Bitcoin's lower down one point seven percent at thirty nine thousand two hundred dollars. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Russia pounded targets from practically one end of Ukraine to the other, including Kiev. The bombardment of the city took place while the head of the United Nations was visiting Ukraine's capital. Round one of the NFL draft is in the books. The first five picks were all defensive players. The Jaguars took Trayvon Walker with the top pick. The Jets at number four picked cornerback Ahmad Gardner. 
The Giants at five took another edge rusher, Kayvon Thibodeau. By the way, the Steelers took the first quarterback at 20th, Pitts, Kenny Pickett. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Orioles 10-5. The Red Sox and Nationals lost. In the NHL, the Islanders beat the Capitals 5-1. The Devils lost, Bruins won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael. Thanks for coming up to 620 on Wall Street Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And as Karen mentioned, it's tech that is leading the declines in the pre-market this morning. After earnings that uh, disappointed analysts from Amazon and Alphabet, or I'm sorry, from uh, Apple, not Alphabet. They reported earlier this week, didn't they? Alex Webb is back with us this morning, Bloomberg Twig Tech correspondent, tech columnist for Bloomberg Opinion to dive in a little bit more into these latest earnings. Alex, great to have you back on with us. Let's start with Amazon simply because the shares are getting punished in the uh, early morning trading. Uh, seems as though a uh, losing quarter uh, is not something anybody really expected from the biggest e-commerce player in the world. Yeah, and it's also the scale of the of the problem that they were basically saying that they expanded rapidly during the lockdowns in order to ensure they had the capacity to meet demand. That demand has perhaps inevitably now slackened, and it's left them with a huge amount of capacity, which in turn entail fixed costs. When you've got warehouses and employees, those things cost you money, and it is a change from trend we've seen in the past where people had complained about Apple, uh, sorry, about Amazon operating at a loss and and whether, you know, this is the kind of Amazon 1.0 10, 15 years ago, will they ever make a profit? Then it became very clear that they could turn a profit quite easily if they just turn a few spigots, you know, um, cramp down on, on costs quickly. Now they have expanded beyond that and their cost controls seem to have slightly gone out the window and that's causing concern. And I guess there's got to be concern as well with uh, not just the cost picture, but the macro headwinds facing Amazon with inflation and potentially the costs rising for consumers who might want to buy stuff on Amazon, potentially eating into their margins. Exactly. Yeah, their customers are perhaps getting a little bit more cost conscious, while at the same time, Amazon's costs are increasing. How does it get things to your front door? Sure, they might have some electric vehicles, but for the most part, it's stuff that requires fuel, and fuel is getting a lot more expensive too, so they're having to impose surcharges. So just as, you know, it's the classic inflation story, just as if, if consumers are being more conscious about spending money, Amazon's own costs are also increasing. And I guess that's not as much of an issue for Apple, or at least that's not what the focus was for CEO Tim Cook on the call last night. He's talking a lot about supply chain constraints. We can also get to what is traditionally one of Apple's key strengths, the ability to manage the supply chain. In fact, the supply chain that Tim Cook largely built, that is now hurting them because of the lockdowns in China, which means they can't get all of the semiconductor or another electronics that they need to go into their devices. And that's going to have a four to eight billion dollar impact on, on revenue. Um, it's also significant given the timing because over recent quarters, we've had a few times the, the sense that Apple hasn't got enough supply to meet to meet demand, but investors tend to not get too concerned because they know that demand is going to come at a later stage. Right now, uh, as we get closer to the new lineup of iPhones in the autumn, if it's another quarter until people are able to get everything they want, then they will push it a further quarter still 
to wait for those iPhones. So it does have an impact on on earnings this year. To that point, Alex, I was talking with Gene Munster from Loop Ventures last hour. He says that Apple fans have shown in the past that they're willing to wait. Are they willing to wait that long if supply chain constraints push new products back six, nine months down the road in our last 30 seconds here? I think it, it, it isn't necessarily that they're willing to wait. It's what it does to the replacement cycle. That we've gone, seen the replacement cycle, the pace at which people will replace their iPhones extend from two years to three years. And if there are other reasons that push it even further, then maybe people start realizing they don't need to replace as regularly and it extends to four years. Apple wants you to be updating your phone, replacing your phone far more regularly than that. Thanks, Alex. Uh, Lots of A's in the Fang picture. Alex Webb with us this morning. Bloomberg Quick Take correspondent, tech columnist for Bloomberg Opinion, talking Apple and Amazon this morning. And looking at the shares, Amazon is down 8.5% in the pre-market, while Apple is lower by two and two-thirds percent. Helping to drag the broader indexes lower this morning with S&P futures down 32 points, Dow futures down 138, NASDAQ futures also lower by 138 points. That is a drop of 1% for the tech-heavy NASDAQ futures. Ten-year Treasury down 13.30 seconds, the yield 2.87%. Just ahead, we hear from Apple's CEO on the tech outlook. And where's Elon Musk getting the money to buy Twitter? Five things you need to know to start your day next on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by Anshin Accountants and Advisors. Challenging times call for proactive advisors who help minimize taxes, increase cash flow, and create opportunities for the future of your business. Visit Anshin.com. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And we're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by IBKR. Investment advisors switch to interactive brokers for lowest cost global trading and turnkey custody solutions. No ticket charges and no conflicts of your interest at IBKR.com slash RIA. Up first, Apple shares down almost 2% in early trading despite posting record earnings. In a conference call yesterday, the company said it could lose up to $8 billion in the current quarter due to supply constraints. And shares of Amazon are also lower this morning, Karen, by 8.5% after announcing it lost money in the first quarter. Bloomberg Intelligence senior e-commerce and retail analyst Poonam Goyle says it's due to rising costs. AWS continues its pace, so that's great to hear. On the online business, clearly in line with expectations, but the margin, weak. You could say that that's surprising, but it's really not. I mean, from everything that we've been seeing all year, the supply chain crunch is only getting worse. It's not getting better. So they are getting hit from higher costs across the board. Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst Poonam Goyle. We have earnings from Big Oil crossing the Bloomberg Terminal. ExxonMobil and Chevron both missed estimates. 
Well, turning to Twitter now, Nathan, we're finding out more on how Elon Musk is financing his takeover. We get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. A filing shows Elon Musk offloaded about $4 billion worth of Tesla stock to cover the $21 billion equity portion of his deal to buy Twitter. After those filings were made public, he tweeted no further Tesla sales were planned. Bloomberg sources say before the deal was announced, Musk floated the idea of cutting jobs and costs at Twitter. And on calls with bankers, he also discussed ideas to monetize the platform to boost cash flow, including a potential subscription service to drive recurring revenue. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Hi, Renita. Thanks. Overseas stocks in China are rebounding. The Hang Seng Tech Index surged 11 percent. Chinese equities rallied as well after the country announced economic stimulus plans and a commitment to curbing the spread of COVID. And in Ukraine, Nathan, Russian missiles poured over the capital, Kiev, overnight. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says Russia is continuing its offensive in the Donbass region. There is a ferocious battle taking place right now across hundreds of miles in eastern and, and southern Ukraine. And the Russians bring a lot of firepower to that. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the U.S. and other nations continue to arm Ukraine to defend those regions. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. All right, Karen, thank you. 633 on Wall Street, 42 degrees in Central Park. We have an accident on the inbound Williamsburg Bridge. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York City postponed enforcement of salary transparency until November after advocates and business leaders clashed on whether pay disclosure is the best way to close the persistent gender gap. The city council, who voted for the delay, also exempted companies from being charged a monetary fine for the first violation and limited lawsuits related to the pay information to current employees. The approved amendments represent a partial win for businesses that had lobbied against the law, which was originally set to take effect by May 15th. New York Governor Kathy Hochul says a record amount of school aid will be in this year's state budget. Governor Hochul spoke at a school in Yonkers saying hundreds of millions of dollars will be going to Westchester's largest school district. $31.5 billion to help transform the lives of our children. Every penny is worth it. Governor Hochul says the state budget for education is an increase of more than $2 billion from last year. Funeral services take place today for fallen New York City firefighter Timothy Klein. He died Sunday while battling a blaze in Brooklyn. Services for Klein, who was 31, take place today in Bell Harbor. A 21-year-old man also died in that blaze. President Biden confirmed there are ongoing discussions in his administration about reducing student loan debt, though not for a proposed $50,000. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says despite these talks, the president remains eager to sign anything that comes to his desk from Congress on this issue. If Congress sends him a bill tomorrow, he could sign it, and he would sign it to to, uh, give $10,000 of student debt relief. We've also, he has not hesitated. Spokesperson Saki says the president has not ruled out the possibility of executive action to get the ball rolling. The FDA says it will be moving ahead with a proposed ban on menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars nationwide. FDA Commissioner Dr. Robert Califf says it could save thousands of lives. An estimate show it meant that if menthol was no longer an option in combustible tobacco products, 
up to 654,000 deaths would be avoided over the course of 40 years. Dr. Calif says menthol cigarettes account for more than a third of all cigarette sales in the U.S. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Michael, thank you. Going up to 6.36 on Wall Street, and John Stashauer has the Bloomberg Sports Update. Nathan, the draft was in Las Vegas, but New York dominated the early going with four of the first ten picks. The Jets at four took Cincinnati cornerback Sauce Gardner, came back at ten to select Ohio State wideout Garrett Wilson, so the Jets fill two definite needs. So did the Giants, taking Oregon pass rusher Kayvon Thibodeau at five. Alabama tackle Evan Neal, two picks later. Giants GM Joe Shane then asked how it all shook out. Been through these scenarios. A million times. Like, we just, we had seven or eight cards and we just kept switching them back and forth based on different scenarios and this was a scenario we went over and if there were two tackles on the board and the pass rusher, we were gonna go pass rusher knowing we could get a tackle at seven. So, you know, we were, we were static when that, that scenario. The first overall was Georgia edge rusher Trayvon Walker to Jacksonville. Only one quarterback taken. Kenny Pickett played college football in Pittsburgh. He'll stay there, taken by the Steelers, whose longtime QB Ben Roethlisberger just retired. Draft continues tonight with rounds two and three. The Giants made official they will not pick up the fifth-year option on QB Daniel Jones. That would have assured him $22 million in 2023. The Giants want to first see how Jones does if he can stay healthy. This upcoming season. Yankees tonight bring their six game win streak. Best record in the American League to Kansas City. Yanks just beat the Orioles 10 to 5 as Baltimore had five errors. Aaron Judge had a three run homer. NBA playoffs top seed Phoenix trailed by 10 at the half, but one in New Orleans. Chris Paul made all 14 of his shots and the Suns win the series 4-2. Dallas won its series with Utah. So did Philadelphia with Toronto. NHL regular season ends tonight and the Rangers will find out whether they play Pittsburgh or Washington. John Stashow with Bloomberg Sports. All right, John, thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market. Another very busy early morning session for Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Creedy Gupta, not the least of which reason why, Creedy, we are looking at tech earnings. We absolutely are looking at tech earnings. We're looking at oil earnings, too. But we'll start with the tech because, of course, that's the one that's going to move the market a little bit more. Apple is down this morning, down to the tune of over 2% falling of those warning on the supply constraints. Now, Nathan, this is significant because one of Tim Cook's legacies, the CEO of Apple, is to really make sure that supply chain is secure. And going all the way into China, this is really a legacy of his going back even to the trade war and other issues that we've seen come out of Asia. Now, they're actually warning of an $8 billion hit from the Chinese lockdown and from shortages. Remember, this is one of the concerns that is coming out of these Chinese lockdowns in terms of the ripple effects to the rest of the world. Can those exports actually make it to the ports and actually get out of the country to supply a lot of the technology and consumer goods to the rest of the world? So that warning from Apple, uh, largely kind of behind some of the weight you're seeing in the market this morning. Apple shares are, like I said, down. AAPL is your ticker, down to the tune of 2.7%, Nathan. The other one you want to keep your eye on, of course, is Amazon. And we're going to look at Amazon shares here. AMZN is your ticker. It is down to the tune of 8.5%. It was down far, far more in the post-market trading yesterday. I think down as much as 10%. It comes after they're showing a little bit of slowing in their growth system. They're saying that, well, there's so much kind of momentum that we've had. You're not actually seeing the same amount of beat or the same margin of beat that you've had in previous quarters. Don't get me wrong. They are still growing and they're growing at a fast pace, just not as fast as before. And that's something that uh, the stock market or investors have really punished them for saying just how long uh, can they really be growing? 
And you mentioned earlier we did get some earnings just minutes ago from a couple of the oil majors. Yeah, two of the oil majors. This is huge, right? We're, we were expecting their biggest profits going back into over a decade. Both companies, Exxon and Chevron, have delivered. XOM is your ticker for Exxon down 1.2%. Chevron, CVX is your ticker. It's about flat in the session, but still you're seeing a little bit of movement here. Both are, like I said, coming out with some pretty big profit numbers. So why is the stock down now? It's unclear at the moment, but remember this is also coming at a time or in the shadow of a lot of these big tech earnings who also reported, like I said, some major profits. The concern here is the growth. So if you made a lot of money in this last quarter, which they have record profit, like I said, from this oil, these oil prices that are rising. In fact, they're actually talking about boosting their share buyback program for Exxon up to $30 billion through 2023. How much, how much longer can that growth continue? And I think that sentiment is what's weighing on the stock this morning. All right. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta with us this morning. And as we take a look ahead to the open, Futures are moving lower with S&P futures down 37 points, Dow futures down 167, NASDAQ futures adding to their declines down 159 points or 1.2%. Now the 10-year Treasury down 13, 30 seconds, yield 2.87%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. It's going to be mostly sunny and breezy today. Cool highs in the low 60s. We'll stay in the low 60s tomorrow as well. Could hit 70 with increasing clouds on Sunday. Right now, 42 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow and technology dragging on U.S. stock index futures this morning. We get to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are under pressure with Amazon, Intel and Apple all down pre-market after their earnings. Dow futures currently down 172 points. S&P's dropped 39. NASDAQ futures are lower by 160. The U.S. 10-year yield at 2.87%. Gold is up 23. Oil is also climbing, but Bitcoin is down by 1.9%. Japan rose 1.8% overnight, while European markets are in the green, led by gains in Germany. Back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, personal income and spending at 9.45, Chicago PMI, and at 10 o'clock, Michigan sentiment. After the bell last night, those earnings, Amazon sales forecast missed estimates, Intel gave weak Q2 guidance, and Apple warned of supply constraints. Regarding earnings this morning, Chevron and Exxon EPS missed estimates. And wrapping things up, Domino's was cut to neutral over at BTIG, Facebook raised to hold at DZ Bank, and Stanley Black & Decker was cut to neutral over at Mizuho. Live from the First Republic News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, and to hear live breaking news of your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, that's S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Ukraine's leader has accused Russia of trying to humiliate the United Nations by raining missiles on Kiev during a visit by Secretary General Antonio Guterres. One Russian target struck a residential high-rise. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin is appealing his conviction for murder of George Floyd, arguing that jurors were intimidated by protests. Round one of the NFL draft is in the books. The first five picks, all defensive players. The Jaguars took Trayvon Walker with the top pick. The Jets at number four pick cornerback Ahmad Gardner. 
The Giants at five took another edge runner, Kayvon Thibodeau. The Steelers, by the way, took the first quarterback at 20th, Pitts, Kenny Pickett. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Orioles 10-5. The Red Sox and Nationals lost. In the NHL, the Islanders beat the Capitals 5-1. The Bruins won. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. Michael, thank you. At a 649 on Wall Street, we turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT offers New Jersey's first undergraduate degree in fintech, tech-driven, finance-focused. Learn more at njit.edu slash fintech. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Officials in China are defending the COVID-0 strategy as still the best way to fight the pandemic. They say the current outbreak is coming under control, with cases in Shanghai showing signs of turning around. The lockdowns have been criticized for exacting heavy social and economic costs. Elon Musk sold about $4 billion worth of Tesla stock after clinching the deal to buy Twitter. Analysts and investors had suspected that Musk might need to sell some stock to cover the $21 billion equity portion of the deal that he personally guaranteed. Meanwhile, in Musk's pitch to bankers before the Twitter deal was done, he mentioned job cuts and ways to boost cash flow. And finally, Snap has a replacement for the cheap phone stands and awkward outstretched arms of modern self-filming. It's a yellow square-shaped flying camera drone that costs $230, weighs about a quarter of a pound, and hovers around you to film you automatically. After filming, the drone can land in the owner's hand autonomously, and the images get auto-uploaded to the owner's Snapchat account. It's available for pre-order in the U.S. and France and starts shipping in late May. And that's the Bloomberg NJ IT STEM report. Nathan, I Did think not that's your Christmas present. <laughs> that I needed an upgrade to my <laughs> selfie stick. Thank you, Absolutely. Karen. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. We're at 651 on Wall Street. Let's check what's going on in D.C. now. Or some of the top stories include President Biden's Ukraine aid request potentially facing hurdles on Capitol Hill. Senator Manchin calling the president's electric vehicle tax credit ludicrous. And Elon Musk in Senate Democrat sites over the planned Twitter buyout. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins is with us for more on all these stories. Perhaps most importantly, Emily, the big ask from President Biden on Ukraine aid. But it's not just Ukraine aid that's in this package. No, it's not, Nathan. You got a number of different things, uh, including measures that would allow the White House to use the Defense Production Act to expand domestic production of nickel and lithium. And I think a lot of people, when they hear about funding to Ukraine, you think a lot about the security and military assistance, the economic assistance. This also does include humanitarian aid, and it also includes half a billion dollars of funding to address the global food shortage. So a lot contained within this $33 billion request. And remember, of course, that, you know, from this request, Congress is actually might not tweak the lead, tweak the request a little bit to before it becomes legislation. I think a big question here is whether or not this is going to contain additional funding for COVID-19. Remember, that was something that Biden had requested, requested it again with this funding. Lawmakers came to an agreement on a $10 billion package for vaccines and additional treatments, uh, but that got stalled over an immigration provision. So I think there's a lot of questions about whether Ukraine aid will move alone or whether it will move with COVID or potentially 
potentially even an immigration provision to it. Um, I think those are all things that we're going to learn within the next week or two. Well, where do you see the potential, Emily, for wiggle room on some of these provisions? Is there a possibility that the COVID aid could be stripped out, given how difficult it's been for the president to get it moving with that Title 42 provision? Absolutely, Nathan. I think there's a chance that this COVID aid could be stripped out and it could just be the Ukraine aid that moves. Republicans uh, so far have sounded very uh, harsh on including the two of them together in a certain package. Um, they've expressed that, you know, that's not the best way to move this, that they just want to vote on the Ukraine aid itself. And that threat of really slowing down this funding could could move Democrats to sort of say, hey, you know, we're going to have to move the COVID stuff separately. Uh, it's always tempting to move to add additional provisions to things that you know are bipartisan and are going to pass. We're certainly seeing that play out here. Um, but I think the big question, of course, is are they going to have have the votes to move both COVID and Ukraine funding? And if they don't, uh, certainly Democrats don't want to see as being the obstructionist from getting that funding to Biden and then to Ukraine. And you've got to think, Emily, that there's a lot of urgency not just on the Ukraine aid, but on the COVID aid as well. Oh, absolutely, Nathan. I mean, you, know, you heard from House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, who kind of laid this out, that, you know, they want to get stuff on Ukraine. They understand that it's urgent, but they also feel that this COVID funding is particularly urgent. I mean, I know that, you know, we're kind of in a plateau in terms of those who are vaccinated, that the mask mandates are off in many places. But the Biden administration really does not want to get caught flat-footed the way they did with Omicron when people were struggling to find tests. And there are also a number of medicines that they want to continue to promote so that when people do get diagnosed with COVID, they can take these drugs, those ones that you're seeing Vice President Kamala Harris take, uh, to make sure that they're not winding up in the hospital, that they're not winding up on the ventilators, and that they're not dying. And so these are all things that the um, Biden administration say they still need that they still need the funding for, that their current funding has run out. It's absolutely an urgent thing. I think it's just at this point a question of whether it's going to have enough support to move with Ukraine. Remember, sort of playing all into this is that immigration provision, the so-called Title 42, um, that really makes it much easier for border agents to turn away migrants at the southern border. It's supposed to expire next month. Republicans and a number of Democrats do not want that to happen. They want that restriction to remain in place. That's got mixed up with the COVID funding before. If you put the COVID funding with the Ukraine funding, that could wind up with a giant political headache uh, for, for, for leadership in Congress and in the White House. All right, let's move on to another big story. Uh, obviously, it's been a big one on Wall Street and now on Capitol Hill. Elon Musk and the Twitter buyout. What is the reaction in Congress? So you're hearing a lot of support from Republicans who feel like Twitter and other social media platforms have been really restrictive for conservative views. They're very pro Elon Musk stance that Twitter does need to honor some more free speech. Democrats, however, are concerned that uh, potentially doing so will really open the platform up to a lot of misinformation and disinformation. Uh, and you heard Secretary uh, Senate Commerce Chair, sorry, Senate Commerce Chair Maria Cantwell saying that lawmakers aren't discussing potential holding a hearing and asking Elon Musk to come and to testify. Certainly, this is something we've seen with other uh, owners of, of tech giants, as well as Twitter's former chief executive, Jack Dorsey, who have come up to Congress and spoken to them. Um, but you are seeing a lot of support for this. Democratic Senator Ed Markey uh, said a hearing would be appropriate and called Twitter a technology that is central to democracy and our economy, and that lawmakers deserve to hear what uh, its potential new owner intends to accomplish with the platform.
Just about 30 seconds left here, Emily. What's the likelihood of congressional hearings? Is Elon Musk going to appear on Capitol Hill? Well, uh, you know, lawmakers, Democrats control the process, so it's pretty easy for them to say, hey, we're going to have a hearing and, hey, we're going to, you know, ask Elon Musk to attend. Of course, just because uh, lawmakers call someone to attend in front of Congress does not always mean that they do so. Uh, so I think it's, you know, it'll definitely be an interesting development to watch. I mean, I, I think part of it, too, is that, you know, obviously the sale is not quite finalized yet, so this might not be something that happens in the near term. All right. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins keeping an eye on all that's happening in the nation's capital. You can read more about all these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Listen to Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington to hear Bloomberg Radio. Looking at shares of Chevron, little change, uh, also little change for ExxonMobil after earnings that came in strong but missed Wall Street estimates. S&P futures are down 37 points. Dow futures down 170. NASDAQ futures leading the declines down 151 points. Bloomberg Surveillance is next. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie's based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Heard, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.